Quarkcast Nation. Thanks for tuning in. This is essentially a keynote with my my hospital locally in terms of what it was like dealing with racism your whole life as a youth, as a healthcare provider, and um, the feedback I got from this was that it's provided a lot of insight. So I wanted to share this with you guys. I also wanted to also emphasize that at the end, there's a call to action on what white people and black people can do to just put us in a better spot. You know, after seeing George Floyd and other black people succumb to police violence and, and, and just systemic racism, racism in general, I think there's a lot that we can do to improve these circumstances. And so hopefully this is helpful. It was truly heartfelt and, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. So I think I'll formally start. So my name is, if you don't know me, I'm Quadro Karamantang. I am uh, an ICU doc at the Ottawa Hospital. I also work at Mo4. I also do palliative care here. And I do research at the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute and Institut de, de Savoie de Montfort and a podcaster and uh, doing our best to get the word out on important issues out there. Um, and so, hi, Linda and Patricia, how you doing? Um, so where to start? So first of all, I want to thank my previous speakers, Seth and Alan. They, they gave some amazing talks on Wednesday and Thursday in terms of their experience and, and in regards to racism and their insights. And they were so vulnerable and courageous and it was really inspiring. And I, I, I must say like, it, I was, I'm nervous now to do, to do my version because they really represented hard. Yeah. They, they, that was special. And, uh, also, Ellen, if you're walk, watching, I you told me you're from uh, Edmonton, which is like for sure our families know each other for sure. Like there's a, the Ganyan community in, in Edmonton is not large. Like uh, everybody knows everybody. So yeah, if my mom is watching. I'll I'll let her know too. Check that out, ma. Um, so yeah, I I just really wanted to uh, commend them for the their tremendous presentations and, and, and talks. Um, I got to tell you, we are in a, a crazy time. You know, we're, we've dealt with, we're dealing with COVID and, um, and then this George Floyd, the, 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 this event. And I mean, I, as a, a black man, I can't even really put into words what, it, what it was like seeing this, um, you know, seeing, another man being treated that way with, um, you know, having a person of authority, a white man putting his knee on, on his neck and not, not allowing him to breathe and him asking for his mother. It, it was so hard. It was so hard. And one of the things that has come out, which has been so beautiful has been the, the rallies, the black lives matters movement, and people reaching out, as I talked about before, and, you know, one of the common questions I would get 
in the last week or so is, you know, have you experienced racism, like professionally or in my personal life? And at once, like at one side of the coin, I'm like, thanks for asking and really wanting to improve your understanding. But the other side is like, of course I've I've experienced racism. Like, what do you think? Like, it's not, we're not sheltered from racism here in Canada. In fact, it's, the amount of racism here is is equal to the what we see down south. Maybe it's just in different forms, and and when you see that, or when I when I get asked that question, what's hard is it it just brings you back to those moments. It brings you back to the trauma. Like I, I mean, I think back at as early as you know when I was my eldest my eldest kids age five, six, seven, and being in a playground, you got, we're playing football, you're getting tackled and a bunch of kids jump on you and, and they're like, Hey, this is a N word pile. Everybody let's go. Let's uh, jump on the N word. Um, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm a child, right. And I'm feeling defenseless and, and, and hurt and, you know, your innocence is is gone when these moments are happening. I think back at playing the game I love, hockey, which I play to this day, um, and being called everything you could think of, everything, N-word, jigaboo, monkey, being told to go back to your country, having your life threatened on the ice, saying, I will kill you, little N-word. Okay, all that comes back when you see the when people ask about have you experienced racism? Have you know when you see these events with George Floyd um, and how scared and alone you feel like, you know, parents and coaches aren't always stepping up and 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 defending you. You're on your own. Um, And uh, you think back at the times where. People are saying, "Oh, you play hockey? No, you must. You mean basketball, right? Like you, you're you're a good basketball player, I'm sure." Or you think back of the times where people ask you, "Do you speak Swahili? You must speak uh, the, the one language in Africa." You think back at the times where you're dating a girl and and her parents say, "You know, I don't want you dating a black man." You know, like you 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 go, you think back of the time where. You enter a, a restaurant or a store and they don't want to serve you, you know, because of the color of your skin. And you look back at the time, like one of the, one of my, I don't want to say fond moments. One of the most clear moments I had with my, with my, my father, rest in peace, was, you know, as a teen sitting me down, I come back with my, my Mark's. I think I, you know, I, with my report card, I think I'm doing not, I think I'm doing good actually. And he looks me, sits me down and he says, you cannot be mediocre. You need to be doing more. Look at the color of your skin. Okay. This isn't enough. Excuse me. 
you think your friends that are you think if you have the same marks, you have the same uh, abilities, and you and you 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 apply to a school or you apply for a job with a Mike Smith, you think you're gonna have the same opportunities? Absolutely not. Don't be ignorant. You know, I think about those moments, and all this gets brought back when you think when George Floyd incidents happen or or any police brutality on black men or women like all this comes back and it's hard and it's sad and i've i'm angry like straight up like just the anger is like it's it's palpable and i you know you think about even professionally you know like you think as you get more you know education you get more experience like some of this got to dissipate but I, I look back at you know you look back at moments and maybe not and they don't you know they gets maybe it's less apparent but I remember taking a in university and writing a, a paper that I was like this is amazing this is my best work and having that mediocre score and you wonder to yourself if I had a had a more Caucasian name or different color skin would this be is this impacting or those times where you get an evaluation as a med student or a resident where like you hustled okay and your evaluation doesn't reflect that you know you know getting that staff job even where you know you have these great ideas you have the ambition you've got a good track record you're good with patience and people tell you you're not proven you know, and you, is it, how much is me? How much is this, my skin color? You, I don't know, but you, this is what comes up when, when you're a person of color, like you, it's, things are stacked up against you and, uh, um, it's tough. And, you know, I, I knew there was going to be some questions on like, how do we handle things and what should we do? And, along those lines. And one of the things that I, I found, uh, courtesy of Rayal. Thank you, Rayal, if you're listening, um, this, this YouTube talk or TEDx talk, Rachel Cargo, she's talking about what people do. And I'm, and you know, Caucasians or white people out there, like, I think there's three components in, in this. And one is knowledge, you know, recognizing that racism exists, knowing where it is, you know, being con- conscious of your of your biases, your unconscious bias or subconscious biases, um, that's big. Um, the other thing is to be empathetic, be kind, man. Like this whole movement, like you got Black Lives Matter, and then we'd be like, hey, hey, guys, all lives matter. I'm like, mm, yeah, no kidding, all lives matter. But we're not even saying. The funny thing is, is people aren't saying black lives are equal even. Like, we're just saying they matter. It's like black black lives exist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is very minimal request <laughs> to, to be acknowledged. And this is apparently controversial. And I get, I've seen these judgment things on uh, on Facebook. Like, how can these people loot and do all these violent things into their own communities? I mean, the thing that drives me nuts is we've tried everything. And I'm not condoning violence, by the way. Just to be clear, I'm not condoning violence. I'm not condoning looting at all. But 
when a, when a young African-American man was kneeling during a national anthem. That was too much, okay? Made it as about the military. Made it about the, like, no, I'm sorry. You, you, the judgment's too much. The, um, the third thing I would say is, is act. And, you know, I, I, I want to, like, thank, like, for example, Michaela, who's here, who's really helped initiate such a, 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 an activity like we're doing today to be able to communicate, um, you know, uh, to reach out to a lot of people, but act like I can't count how many times it's on me when someone calls out something racist and, and makes the whole room uncomfortable. It's on us. You know, it's on me to say, like, is that appropriate? I'm like, that ain't right. You know, but every single one of you out there could do your part and, and call it out and put and stop it out when, when it's when it's happening in front of you. And you we've all had those moments. We've all had them. And you know, you, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, in terms of black people, um, what can we be doing now? Um, I got to say, uh, telling your story helps. <clears throat> I, I, I think you got to be ready for the trauma brings, as we talked about. But if you're ready, telling your story in terms of uh, how you, your experience has been with racism, I think it's it's it could be extremely powerful and very enlightening to a lot of people that don't um, that don't understand what it's like to be black or or, or racialized. So, I think the more of us that are willing in, in our communities and, and, and our, within our circles, the better. Um, the other thing I, I, I'm asking of our black community is aim high. Like, we, you can achieve great things despite the voices that are being, the messages that you see, despite a, having a racist uh, leader of the free world you can aim high and you can do it, okay? That message isn't being brought up enough, okay? We, um, you, you're going to come across some obstacles, as, as I talked about, and I want you to use that in some ways that, you know, this George Floyd stuff and this, this anger that, and sadness that, you, that you're feeling, I want you to channel that. And I want you to channel it and say, you know what? I'm going to use that energy to to achieve these great things. You know, these people that are saying, I can't do it, I am going to show them, okay? Enough. Enough is enough. Enough of me being a handful of black people, black physicians in this hospital. Enough of uh, us not being at the table, being able to help with guide decisions in terms of what's the best care provided for us. Enough is enough. And and to do this, we gotta hustle. We gotta continue to inspire. We gotta know that there's a, a, a community that are cheering you on. And you know, I'm not a I'm married to a psychologist, but I I am not a psychologist. I don't even know if this is the best approach. But I'll tell you this much: this has been a number one of the main motivators in my life. When they tell you, "Hey, buddy, you can't play hockey," I'm like, "I will show you." I'll play hockey. I didn't make it to the show, okay? I ain't no, ain't no NHL, but I can handle my handle myself on the ice. 
They say, you want to be a doctor? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, you're, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a name that you're going to recognize, man. Caraman Tang, okay? You're going to, uh, you're going to do research? You're going to look at cost, how, uh, cost in research? Is that real research? I'd be like, you're going to recognize that name. We're going to show you and be one of the most productive uh, research groups in the country. And, uh, and we'll show you how, to, how we do things. Like, just be hungry, okay? And let's get a seat at the table so that we can help, you know, be role models, help dictate what care decisions are being, being uh, brought to the table because this is important. This is a way of really creating change, in my humble opinion. Um, and the one thing I wanted to end off before taking questions was I just, especially to the youth, um, remember this, despite, you know, as I said, leaders of the free world that are telling you that you're not worthy, that we aren't equals. I want you to remember that you are beautiful. You are smart. You are strong. And you are enough. You are enough.